Well. Release the Kraken. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another special joint crack, and many of you seem to enjoy it, so we figured, of course, why the heck not? Why not end off the, the week with, uh, with regards to Kraken? Because we usually wrap up on a Thursday uh, with a special joint Kraken. And again, if there is enough significant news that needs to be uh, covered and um, that, that occurs over the weekend, we will be doing a Kraken on Sunday. If not, this will be the final one of the week, and we'll see you all again on Monday. With that being said, though, there's quite a bit of affairs that have been going on on a more global aspect not so much relative to one particular location with that being said uh, said camden brother take it uh, away so this morning multiple fireballs spotted in the night sky of the u.s uh, this is i'll play the clip here um witness those of from nasa largest grouping eyewitnesses accounts over 80 is associated with an event that occurred at 7 40 p.m eastern daylight time so uh, so this is just a ring camera that caught it but as it's it, as it's playing for those that are on audio that can't see the video quick little side note for the sake of conversation uh camden and i were talking before we started recording about how people's uh people's cameras on their homes nowadays that looks like qu quite a nice neighborhood by the way um right. they, they have access to their own cameras and again we can say if this is purposeful or not with respects to you know the dissemination and drop feeding of technology over time but it seems now more and more many of you know in the telegram group if you're on patreon and all that that there's footage nonstop nowadays there's hundreds a day coming out so but please carry on i mean this is so this map right here is a sighting of where every like witness statement of seeing this fireball is this was for a visible 48 miles above the ocean at camp lejeune near jacksonville it was traveling at 32,000 miles per hour like this is this was a giant fireball in the sky um it's oddly enough that it just says fireball still no there this is you know no roswell the first day they say it's a ufo the next day they've taken it back this they're yeah. calling it a fireball um but like i want to know where it landed it's i mean it's gone to the point where it seems as though again they have to address it not saying it isn't a meteor or fireball or you name it but it seems like it's gone to the point where it's very difficult to discern between these right. anomalies or balls of energy or even ufos that shape shift into i mean balls that of hit energy. the ground if they yeah. can tell that like we're gonna get solar flares tomorrow oh no um what they didn't know a meteor was coming in right. to like tell anyone <laughs> that it might hit to say that they're not monitoring things with respects to nasa NOAA, even secretive you know cia satellites and secretive compartments within you know majestic 12 you name it to say that they're not doing that is nonsense they know what's going on within you know vast distances from earth let alone what's happening on you this know our own interesting. planet a representative so. of nasa meteor watch emphasized that there was uncertainty regarding the fireball's trajectory because all observers had been west of the fireball, which means that it went down into the... No, okay, so this blue dot is where it apparently maybe landed. Black right. dots are all the sightings. So it, it uh, close to the ocean, a fireball just goes into the ocean maybe is what they're saying, but wow. I mean, we can, we can argue as well, I guess, final point before we move on is that... Uh, 
this could also have to do with, again, human extraterrestrial um, USOs, unidentified submerged objects, you know, bases mm -hmm. under there, maybe some type, maybe not a, a fireball, if you will, but an energetic, it's, uh, it's you know, apparatus. Disintegrated. Right. At an altitude of 45 kilometers. Exactly. The atmosphere. So it didn't, it, it disappeared. Exactly. <laughs> uh, moving on. The next thing is that, according to CNBC, the Senate has reached a deal to avoid a government shutdown. Majority uh, Leader Chuck Schumer said late Wednesday, the legislation would fund the government into early December and provide money for hurricane relief and Afghan refugee resettlement. Uh, Congress has to pass a funding bill before midnight Thursday, so tonight, to avoid a shutdown. Mm -hmm. Lawmakers will have to separately raise the U.S. debt ceiling before October 18th to pr uh, prevent a first ever default. Again, there's a lot of people that have been saying and speculating, I believe, for those that were on the Zoom call yesterday evening um, with respects to the uh, the Patreon members and all that, the private Zoom calls. If I'm not mistaken, someone had mentioned, forgive me that I don't recall who, that, you know, those that have access and insight into the banking industry and the banking world, uh, you know, high level executives and managers are making calls not just across the country, but across the world where their financial interests lie because uh, a recession may be coming. Many argue that it's already here. It's just a matter of how bad it could get. Right. I mean, they've struck a deal. They've put off this debt ceiling thing. Um, I, this only lasts until December, though. December it, 3rd. Yeah. Yeah. Like this. This is only staving off disaster is really yeah. all this is doing. I can't help but think if there's some type of, again, not per, not conspiracy per se, but some type of financial apparatus that's happening behind the scenes, again, in order to just prop up the wealth, uh, the, the, the elites even more. Yeah. I mean, at this point, folks, I can't help but think, you know, it's got to be, I mean, in some cases, it's pure greed, but in other angles, depending on those that are, you know, knowledgeable on said information that we speak about in our main episodes, it's hard to say if it's really about finances or if it's more about, you know, again, mass consciousness, reorienting the power structure to a much more imperialistic and, and dominant, um, I guess you could say dominatory uh, angle, but hard yeah. to say. No, I know. The um, U.S. will not normalize or upgrade di diplomatic ties with Syria either. Coming Shocker. Out today. Yeah, from Al Jazeera. <laughs> Washington suspends its diplomatic presence in Syria in 2012 and later imposed sanctions on President al-Assad's government. Sorry, uh, just very quickly, interestingly enough, 2012, you know, that's give or take the time Putin came along, right? So to, with came Assad. Back and, came back to presidency, yeah. Um, yep. And sorry, that's also the time Putin came back to presidency and stepped in and partnered with Assad, as he told, um, um, what was his name? Uh, excuse me. Uh, Anyways, go on. Sorry. Got a brain no, fart. it's okay. The United States is not going to normalize or upgrade, uh, given the atrocities afflicted by the Assad regime on the Syrian people. People that know the show will know we've talked about that a little bit before. Uh, not a massive amount publicly. There's just, it's, it's just strange uh, thing to continue to point to. Yep. The, uh, sorry, Oliver Stone, the director, writer, when he did the Putin files, which I believe is on Showtime, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken, um, uh, Putin clearly said to him openly, he goes, we saw what happened with Iraq. And he goes, we didn't want that to happen with Syria. He goes, so we stepped in. And again, it's not a coincidence, not saying that the timing is all there. But, you know, when intelligence communities hear things beforehand, you know, sanctions drop, other countries step in. It's a chess game. It's a chess game. It is. absolutely. I mean, yeah. And we are we are just the board pieces that they're moving things on top. Sorry, one, one more thing I wanted to say, this quote right here, um, 
we believe that stability in Syria and the greater region can only be achieved through a political process that represents the will of all Syrians. And we are committed to working with allies, partners in the UN to ensure that a durable political solution remains within reach, the State Department po uh, spokesperson said, end quote. That's basically, in my opinion, it, I could be wrong, but my humble perspective, a very fancy term for basically saying, yeah, we're going to part of my English. We're going to fuck with the Russians and we're going to mess with the seer, you know, with Assad, with using NATO and other apparatuses yeah, instead of the we, U.S. We, going at it alone. We disagree with them and their um, policies and outlooks. And so we're going to uh, say that they're the wrong outlooks. That's yep. yeah, that's really what it is. Exactly. The next thing is that according to MSN or you know CNN, depending where the story originally broke from, uh, Durham issues a fresh round of subpoenas in his continuing probe of FBI investigation into Trump and Russia. Special counsel John Durham has issued a new set of subpoenas, including to a law firm with close ties to Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign, an indication that Durham could be trying to build a broader criminal case, according to people briefed on the matter. So far, Durham's two-year probe into FBI's Russia investigation hasn't brought about the cases Republicans has hoped it would, end quote. Now, there's a few different layers to this, folks. Now, first off, Camden and I were discussing this before we started recording. There were a couple laughs, a couple giggles, but some serious angles, too. The, the parts we kind of giggled about was, you know, for almost five years now, people have been saying, where's Durham? Where's Durham? Now, granted, to play devil's advocate, we understand timing is everything. Strategy yeah. is everything. But to say that the, the, what they have found, what Durham's special counsel has found has not really been up to par with what the Republicans have wanted. I don't believe that per se, not that there is a grand conspiracy at hand, but more so that, again, if Durham starts digging up the real stuff on the Clintons, you're going to have both Democrats and Republicans found guilty. So the question yeah. is, I mean, ultimately, I'm sure there's an investigation, but again, they're playing along the lines of, of, of you know, making sure they're they're not walking on glass metaphorically they're playing within the confines of the of the puppet game if they remove the curtains metaphorically you'd have a you'd have a you know durham would be the only arguably i guess you could say innocent one in this because then he'd be taken down the whole uh hierarchy right so, sure yeah i mean it, it you're it's obvious that he's not done even building right. a case, right? It hasn't turned up the cases they thought that it might originally, but he's still subpoenaing people. It's strange to me, like I said before recording, how people can reference the Durham report, especially if it's not done yet. Is, is, is access to that confidential or, or privileged information just available to some people? Why, why do we know what's in it, but actually no one say what's in it at all? Why is it so damning? I mean, it's stringing people along really well. People keep talking about it. And one last thing, too, is that when when CNN or, you know, mainstream media outlets, when they say, you know, the, the, the probe or not just in this case, but in general investigation, commission probe, you name it, hasn't brought up any, uh, you know, revelations that are noteworthy per se. According to who? And when they say according to multiple sources, let's play both sides. Could be very uh, legitimate source, as in some cases. Other times, it's just complete BS. I mean, we've seen that in the case of, you know, Washington Post headlines where they say confirmed so-and-so occurred here. Then in that same article, they say, the, the same uh, writer of the article says if confirmed. What do you mean if confirmed? It's, you just said in the headline it was. So you see there's a little bit of that... Uh, um, deliberate dissonance, if you want to call it, very smart way of, of laying out propaganda on a page and showing the people what they want the people to focus on, right? I mean, it's an interesting article. I definitely recommend you guys uh, looking into things he said recently, but it's we have to wait until things make their way to court. Uh, YouTube yep. cracks down on anti-vax misinformation. 
they've they've upped their policy game here um i mean they've they've suspended channels for robert f kennedy jr um affiliated can children's health defense that you you really have to watch what you're saying about anything um it's I mean, if you, we scroll down a little bit more what we're going to see here is that there are exceptions to the rules now this is interesting so let's let's point them out and we'll we'll take a look quickly they will youtube will allow scientific discussions such as content about a specific clinical trial or videos about historic vaccine successes and failures again at their own discretion yeah right? the next and that's point the even thing. but with limits yeah. right it's, so you want to take the next point yeah personal testimony will be allowed uh such as a parent describing their own experience with their child's vaccination but with limits they add that caveat in there to kind of give themselves leeway right and legal leeway control leeway and all that and then yeah. we see here if the final point is if the speaker then goes on to generalize and make calls for all parents not to vaccinate or makes broad claims about vaccines not being safe or effective that would be removed halpern said i guess that's the with limits part right and then it says here again keep in mind we are citing this from axios which i if i am not mistaken is you know quite significantly a mainstream media outlet connected with Disney and all that, HBO, you name it, yeah. the sister companies. The big picture, it says here, and I quote, anti-vaccine influencers have been a problem on social media long before the pandemic, end quote. I, okay, I guess, but I also think that's too much of a black and white claim to make. That's just my opinion. I, I don't, right. look, I never was a sort of anti-vaccine advocate in the in the sense that I, I personally went out before COVID to search on the internet for these things, but, well, but I don't know what they're talking the build about. build up of the point. They've, right. they've worked yeah. really hard almost for a a scenario and situation like this to malign those people beforehand. And right. um, there's just so much to dig into and at least question about specifically this one, but we're going all the way back to like 1986, the, the Child Vaccine Adverse Effects Act. They, they, they've set themselves yep. up for a long time for a lot of interesting things. And exactly. Point. It, yeah, exactly. And that's when you look at the grand timeline of things, too many odd events seem to be taking place. Mm -hmm. not, saying co not saying COVID, because we have to be careful because of YouTube, but those watching and listening get what we mean. So, um, Ecuador uh, had a riot, police stormed jail where 116 died in a gang war inside, yeah. inside the jail. A uh, brutal prison fight broke out on Tuesday. Officials had said on Wednesday that the jail was back under their control. Early on Thursday, neighbors said that they heard explosions and gunshots. So afterwards, um, shortly afterwards, police said it was sending 400 officers back in to maintain order. Um, you, I've been trying to find a important prisoner. You know what I mean? Like someone interesting that is that is being held here and detained here. But like I have a subject not of interest. It. Right. Uh, yeah. Like something that a very interesting gang war could cover for someone escaping or something crazy like that. Something for a reason. These things could be happening. But I haven't you know, found that yet. We, we got to be truthful to look at almost or at least to attempt to look at every angle here. Um, it says, again, at least six prisoners were decapitated. Others were shot and some were killed by grenades. Uh, right. The first fight, uh, the fight first broke out on Tuesday when inmates from one wing of the prison crawled through a hole to gain access to a different wing where they attacked rival gang members. End quote. Folks, we're living in such a, 
um, let's say diverse and interesting time for the sake of just trying to not use stronger terminology that this could have been a, an intelligence operation. I'm not trying to point towards that, but again, when world governments lie, we have no choice but to speculate. This could have yeah. been an, uh, an intelligence operation for, you know, as within a larger operation, you know, a certain chain of events need to occur for something to happen. It's very difficult to say, and it's very unfortunate, but when you look at countries like Ecuador, Venezuela, you know, the Philippines, many other countries like this, the CIA has known to have a very strong presence. Again, I'm not saying that mistakes don't happen, but we got to look at all the angles. So I don't know if you wanted to add to no, that. No, I mean, that's, that's, uh, you can continue, we can continue to read here. Um, the local media reports that it was two, you know, gangs fighting each other. But that's yep. why I said, like, I looked into who this could be interesting to see who was affected, who was uh, the Sinaloa rivals right. versus i mean so like i couldn't find anything though not yet anyways right and one last thing sorry it says here um but another mexican criminal group the uh jalisco or jalisco new generation cartel cjng is also trying to forge alliances with ecuadorian gangs to seize control of drug smuggling routes leading from ecuador to central america from its sinaloa rivals okay end quote the reason i wanted to bring that up before we go to the next article is because the when you look at how the DEA and the CIA truly could thwart the drug operation if they really wanted to, it makes you think who is really behind all of this with regards to, again, oh, yeah. not saying the intelligence communities or agencies control the cartels in the sense of every move they make, but these type of global shifts seem uh, to be, yeah. It, it, I right, mean, it's a, it's a lot easier if you decide you can't get rid of the drug trade. It's a lot better if you just decide, well, we could control it. Well, you, you feel like point. you got a more a better handle on it. Case in point, the end of the first Sicario film with uh, yeah. Josh Brolin really explains that well. There, if you until he, I think he said something like, "Until twenty or thirty percent of the country stops snorting and uh, snorting the stuff and shooting it up their 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 veins and their arms, the the least that the CIA could do is attempt to control it. Um, instead, yeah. instead of you know turn one cartel into fifty. So again, absolutely, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um. So. Malawi's ex-deputy speaker shoots himself dead in in parliament. Yep. Uh, yep. Clement Chiwaya, 50, killed himself inside the parliamentary building in Liangwe. A former deputy speaker has shot himself dead. Okay. Uh, who moved in a wheelchair, had gone to the building Thursday to discuss vehicle benefits entitled to him when he left office two years ago. And when he went back inside, he did this. I mean, I don't, this is, this is weird. I, it's not like this guy is a, um, someone that was posting beforehand. Like I have no wish to kill myself. I'd like, uh, it's, it's not like we think there's a conspiracy of getting, of getting suicided here, but like, we don't know. This is strange. Well, if we, if we scroll up just right above the image, uh, we'll see there, it says, um, the incident is in relation to frustration with the implementa implementation of, of his conditions of service. You know, there are some cases where, again, like you said, it, it could be, again, we can't rule it out because we know the technology is there, mind control. The other side of it too, though, is that if this was a, an action purely taken upon himself, I wonder if this, you know, was more so of a political message, his, his sort of way of saying, exactly. I care so deeply. I mean, for he the, wasn't in yeah. office anymore. He went back to, he set up something to go back into that building and then make a, make a statement. Right. Right. Make a political statement by yeah. doing this. Right. Yeah. And because personally, I don't know the, the, the intrinsic detail geopolitics of what goes on there. I don't I mean, want to comment. How did he right? secretly bring a gun into a high security building? 
in a like he's in a wheelchair. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he. It's saying because got he got through wheelchair. the metal detector because of the wheelchair and he hit the gun somewhere in the wheelchair. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, but I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not for certain. I I'd be interested to follow up on this if they ever do release details. But then we'd have to presume that the details are not bullshit to begin with as well. Right. Right. Exactly. So the next thing is that according to BBC, uh, Turkey has said that so a missing funny. man. Yeah, this is kind of funny. I wanted to throw this. We wanted to throw this in here. Missing man joins search party looking for himself. <laughs> so if we if we scroll down a little bit, we'll see here. A missing man by the name of Behan Mutlu in Turkey accidentally joined his own search party for hours before realizing he was the person they were looking for. You know, I got to be honest, it must be a real sigh of relief when they realize, holy crap, you're part of the search party. Not not to spend too much time on this story, but figured it's a little bit of a happy ending kind of funny thing to throw in the middle of all this. I know. I mean, it's just you're you're. I don't know. How do you wander into a search party and not immediately ask, so who are we looking for? How did he not immediately know? The but only hey, thing, these crazy yeah. things happen. The only thing I could think of is they didn't even say the name of the guy they're looking for. They told him, they gave him a physical description of himself and he just never thought of it. And they he didn't just, think of it either. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And yeah, they're no, just like, funny. okay, welcome to the search party. But anyways. <laughs> uh, the next thing, the UAE allows blocked Afghanistan evacuation flight to depart for the U.S. The plane carrying U.S. citizens and permanent rev- residents has had been temporarily prevented from departing for the U.S. Um, the UAE is also harboring Afghanistan's um, ex-leader, if I'm not mistaken. Is is it not? Is that where? Isn't that where he's in asylum with his 200 million? UAE or Qatar, if I'm not mistaken, one of the two, I think. Well, he went. Okay. Or All was right. it UAE? No, I could I'm be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's UAE. Um, the 117 passengers have been stuck in Abu Dhabi's international airport after arriving from Kabul. A lawyer who had been working to relocate the passengers told Al Jazeera on Wednesday um negotiation the, back-end stuff if you ask back-end stuff yes i mean we saw china do expert um hostile hostage politics from canada a couple of weeks ago this is debatably the same kind of thing um right a lawyer working with the passengers told al jazeera that all evacuees were u.s citizens permanent legal residents or special immigrant visa applicants 59 children under the age of 18 as well so i mean it was important to try to get these people home yeah, no, absolutely. And I got to say, you know, when we see here, it says um, a Department of Homeland Security spokesperson previously told Al Jazeera all passenger manifests of U.S. bound flights, quote, must be verified before departure to the U.S. to ensure all passengers are screened appropriately. And quote, I mean, you take a look at some of the, um, the, the, the citizens that and people that came from the initial flights and all that and the airlifts and what have you. And there's quite a bit of, um, as we know, for a fact, quite a bit of individuals that are not wanted in the West, let alone in America, that are right. now in America. So again, this is p- plain and simple back-end negotiations between you know State Department, DOD, CIA, you name it, and the, the Taliban and a, no- a number of other groups probably, and individuals, and that's about it. Um, next, the Nazi Stuttenhoff camp secretary flees as German trial starts from the BBC here. A former secretary at a Nazi concentration camp has been captured after trying to flee before her trial in northern Germany. Um, to be clear, I believe this I believe this means that she's she's an employee, right? She's like at the at the camp or where you go toward the old concentration camps. This Correct. isn't a Nazi. Yeah. We're not calling this person a Nazi, right? I'm making sure. I here's the thing. I don't <laughs> know the charges laid against her. Um with that being said, it's I it, mean, she it, she's due to stand trial for complicity in 11, 11,000 murders. So I don't I don't 
understand she's i mean she's 96 so actually i'm gonna take it back i guess she is a nazi I see this is the thing because I, this is the debate people have had for many years, which is that you have the ones that were very strong advocates of the Nazi regime and movement, and you have other individuals that simply did not want to be killed. And I'm sure you had a little bit of both. You had some people that, you know, they supported Hitler's movement, but, you know, not fully. And then, but at the same time, you know, they had morals and, and the, it could, things didn't sit right. I mean, in if their you conscience. take the devil's advocate side, I mean, he, he was a, brilliant nationalist that really got the people excited about germany the same way that mm. people validly do compare a trump to a hitler i hate that comparison it's the stupidest one out there but the left uses it in mainstream media all the time and you could you can see where they've decided to justifiably draw those comparisons uh, people right. don't think trump would ever do anything like that they're supporting him right now to be fair as well too we're just playing both sides here. We're not defending yeah, this I don't, woman at the same I've time. I said it was the stupidest thing I'd ever yeah. heard. I just be, say, I'm just saying, like, that's what they do say. Right, right. To be complicit. And again, go, going back to the initial point, to be complicit in 11,000 murders is no small joke, right? I mean, some 100,000 people were held at Stutthof. So she's, she's, she's a Nazi. Um, it's, I don't understand. I didn't know that we still had Nazi trials going on. I apparently for the ones that are still alive. Yeah. Yeah. So like, is there just that big of a backlog of cases? I don't know. We're talking about different things now. Like I, I, <laughs> there, you know, these are individuals that are in their at this point in their nineties. I don't think there's yeah. anyone in their eighties, if very few at all anymore. So, I mean, it's look at justice has to be served. Justice has to be served, but um, it's interesting because the context is a little bit, uh, it, you know, we'd like to get some more context, but anyways, yeah. um, the next thing is that according to Al Jazeera, Kosovo and Serbia agree to a deal to end their border tensions, breakthrough negotiated in Brussels, ends the flare up in hostilities triggered by dispute over vehicle license plates. Okay, my take on this. Right on a whole border over some plates. I, I know that some of you uh, out there listening and watching may disagree because you may say, you know, Dave, we don't know what's going on in the behind the scenes. In my opinion, we're looking at Erdogan and Putin over here um, loosely. They just recently had a meeting. You know, this comes out shortly after. I'm not saying it's directly due to them, but certain events and revelations in that meeting could have it certainly could have been like one talking point. It could have been literally right. like, oh, yeah. Hey, that thing. Yeah, let's. OK, good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. we're done with that. Like they could have just been a talking point. Absolutely. It could have been as simple as that. There could be a much bigger play to this. That's the that's the thing about world affairs, too. Right. But we see here a document. Both parties agreed on the following points. I mean, look, the fact that honestly putting the intelligence angle aside, the fact that there is something that could come, even if it's a short term temporary agreement between two world uh, nations. I mean, what is the sticker regime? So this is like a group of people that check out plates. I don't know. It's, it's what the document says. Yeah, see, it's it's difficult to say, which is why for those that say to, to, to me, you know, Dave, you don't know the details. You're right. I don't. But, you know, it says here, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, who was touring the Balkan region. Welcome to the deal. Uh, welcome the deal. Excuse me. Uh, she said it's good for the whole region, but the dialogue now needs to continue again. Like I just said, and quote, putting aside the intelligence angles and, you know, the potential strategic plays here in terms of the citizens of the countries this seems like a pretty good thing, right? The fact that, you know, tensions have eased, even if it's temporarily better than the other way around, but. Yeah. I mean, NATO's got 5,000 troops in Kosovo. Uh, yep. I, this is, this is, this is not a lightly um, a white picket fence, happy time area still. This is right. Uh, so it's, 
we don't think about those things. I pull out of Afghanistan, the whole panic over it, but 5,000 troops just in Kosovo. I mean, that's, that's NATO. There's us British Australia. There's all kinds of troops there. That's no, that's no small number. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so next, uh, Sarkozy, ex-French president, gets jail sentence over campaign funding. This is this is a positive to see, honestly, that things like this are happening uh, here from the BBC. Has been sentenced to a year in prison for illegally funding his unsuccessful 2012 re-election campaign. Um, 66-year-old was found guilty in a Paris court after spending tens of millions of euros more on his campaign than he was permitted under the law. That's interesting. I mean, that's that's a I like actually that France has a law like you can't spend that much money. That makes it not become a money off of a, of a campaign. Um, sort of like how the Georgia runoff race was earlier this year. Exactly. Right? Like 300 something and change million dollars spent. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah, that's it's, that's mm. so it's cool that we see. I mean, France is doing a lot of good as a as a people right now the justice system is doing well the 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 people in the country are standing up for what they want and, and taking action um macron's just kind of a crony i guess that's a funny way to say it's it. well exactly not the not the french people the french regime or the vast majority of the government the laws they seem to be passing the the, the people seem to not agree with it because you look at the numbers i mean this is not 10 20 000 people showing up I mean, he's trying to bribe a judge too yeah like he's that i'm just glad that they're calling these people out for their actions that's awesome of france yeah yeah exactly given a suspended prison i remember seeing that yep the next thing is that, according to Al Jazeera, Ethiopia has ordered the expulsion of seven top UN officials for meddling. The UN is, quote, shocked after Ethiopian government declares seven officials persona non grata and gives them 72 hours to leave the country. The move on Thursday came as humanitarian workers have been sounding the alarm about limited access to the embattled Tigray region, which has been racked by conflict for nearly 11 months. Uh, let's see here. I mean, look... This here's the thing about about the UN and stuff. It's uh, the UN, NATO, the EU. I, you know, it's so it's unfortunate in a lot of ways. We can argue very strongly, but the US has very strong influence there. Who knows if a handful of members within this, you know, this UN diplomatic humanitarian team, if you will, had a different mission that the other members didn't know about. I mean, I'm not trying to, again, not trying to start something where there isn't one, but we must speculate the logical areas of conclusion. Maybe this was as simple and for, you know, forthcoming as they've reported. But yeah, I mean, right. We're just we're we're, we're speculating here. Uh, a very quiet, patient diplomacy, not saying too much, at least initially in public, not condemning it too much either. But because he thought he could nudge in the right direction, I, the, obviously that strategy has not worked. This is the, I mean, this is Ethiopian politics is ones that's world away from us we don't think about i mean anyone that has a has a closer eye to the situation tell us about it yeah no ex exactly exactly um next researchers find apple pay visa contactless hack uh, there's <laughs> this giant push for it now to to pay with i mean this technology is not refined yet I would, the, someone said it in zoom scott did uh, don't yep. ever use first generation tech you know uh, the, it's never not going to have bugs in it to begin with the apple said the matter was a concern for the visa system that this is touted as a you know a secure way to pay more than your wallet and it's just coming out to not be 
No, exactly. Um, it says here in the video, researchers demonstrated making a contactless visa payment of a thousand euros from a locked iPhone. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you folks, um, not anymore, but I used to have a, a credit card hooked up to, to my phone to make, you know, small payments. It was convenient. You walk in with your phone and you tap. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not, I'm just, as oh, much that's, that's where it. they really get you. It is really right. fucking convenient. Yeah. God, it's so yeah. nice. It is. But- it, yeah. You open yourself up to these things. I mean, just me. Uh, yeah, I credit card or debit card, whatever problems all the time. But I feel a lot better with it just in my pocket where I know it's there and and not like someone will walk by and, and RFID hack my phone and take the information from it you know well that's the thing too and again i understand that the article needs to be put out there for people to know presuming this is an honest and straightforward article but at the same time there's a lot of people out there that know and have some you know decent understanding of hacking and things like that they're going to try it because you know with apple pay i remember with the visa card when it was on my phone i would just you know look at it using facial recognition many many months ago and you know it, once it saw your face okay it's your whatever limit your card is that's how much you could spend with a tap yeah. so again it it doesn't surprise me that people could walk by, like you said, RFID track, track you and, and withdraw your money or credit money or any liquid cash right there just by walking by you. It's, ooh, it's yeah, they make it sound nice. Yeah. Uh, road tornado hits Kiel in Germany. This is weird because tornadoes is a very American thing. I don't ever even think of them happening in Europe. Uh, several were injured after a rare, rare tornado hits Kiel in Germany on Wednesday evening. Major deployment of police and fire department. Um, we have a good friend in Germany, Nils. I'll have to ask you about this later. Um, that's weird. If uh, no one's dead, as we're told, but um, several rowers are busy with their boats at a jetty near Kiel Yacht Club when a tornado caught them and hurled them into the water. Like what? I got a few things to a few personal uh, comments to make on this. Uh, first off, um, I can't help but think uh, this whole aspect in general with respects to climate change. It, when you look at the big picture of the narrative that's being pushed, you see first it was attack Trump, Trump, Trump for five years. And then it was if those who saw the Project Veritas video, CNN producer saying, you know, the next thing on the horizon in terms of a narrative being pushed is climate change. Now, this is the thing that sort of perplexes me in a way that kind of makes me step back and go, hmm, because all of a sudden in the last two to three months, they're reporting on these these adverse, uh, you know, very strange, quote unquote, natural events. Now, there's a double sided coin here to this for me, at least, which is that I think they're doing this again, not to sound conspiratorial, but quite controlled, whether I guess you could say um, uh, apparatuses are in place, whether it's harp, you know, different things, you name it. We have to be careful because of YouTube, but you folks know where I'm getting at. I mean, the I other that side, whole harp video I did, I turn anyone, I say anyone right. watch that. I mean, they can do this shit. Right, right. And and people will see on a, on a let's get banned very in the coming hours that this sort of connects into that. With that being said, let's presume for one second hypothetically this isn't harp doing this whatsoever or any uh, you know man or alien made machine doing this or technology that means that the mainstream media all over the world was not reporting on this for five six years because you know attacking trump was more important than climate change so again yeah. you kind of have them at it in the corner here because if it was too if it was so important why weren't you reporting on it so avidly prior yeah. to two three months ago right and if it's not why the hell is it popping up now so yeah. either way, I think when you ask these questions to these mainstream media journalists, they won't answer. I mean, you catch them off guard. Very quick example. There was one case where Ron Placone, who's a sort of a, a, a co-host on the Jimmy Dore show, he went up to, I forgot the gentleman's name, but a very uh, re- 
renowned, I say that with air quotes, Washington Post reporter outside of the, the, the Washington Post office and said he was, uh, the journalist was sipping a, an ice cap, it looked like, or Starbucks or something. And Mr. Placone says, how come your company has a $600 million contract with the CIA? He got so nervous, the journalist, he just kept drinking the ice cap. He did not answer. And then he threw it out and then he said, okay, take care and walk back into the Washington Post office. The reason I give that example is because if we ask these journalists the same thing in the same way, put them on the spot, and in that regard with how what I just said about climate change, if you're reporting it now or if you're not, tit for tat, we got you. They're not going to answer. Anyways, <laughs> bless no, you. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, um, the next thing, according to BBC, if you don't mind if I uh, – Evergrande ahead. says that the Chinese property giant allegedly has missed another payment deadline. And if we scroll down a little bit more, we're going to find that uh, the hugely indebted Chinese property giant Evergrande has missed interest payments to overseas investors for the second time in a week, reports say. They were due to pay foreign bondholders about 35 million euros, which would be $47.5 million US. Now, again, some speculate that this is being done on purpose because, yes, will it hurt the Chinese economy? Yes, it will, but it'll hurt the, it could hurt the world more. Um, very similar to, you know, how the speculation of the boop bop being released purposefully, uh, boop bop, meaning the thing that starts with a V uh, yeah. for the sake of YouTube. But I mean, I don't know. You have any thoughts on Evergrande Camden? Being I another, mean, I think uh, it's, brothers? I think it's conveniently timed with China's uh, blocking of all of cryptocurrency trades. I think right. that it creates a panic in the market, which makes lower end accounts and, and stockholders panic sell, which then opens up buybacks from the larger portion owners people that are already rich can buy more then right. by the time things level out and things got start to go back up well they're in that more secure position i don't know i see market crashes and things as entirely different schemes now it's not i mean sometimes it is staved off until it's beneficial for someone to make money off it sometimes it's created early to make someone make money off of it but that's that's a lot of how i see these things now yep Yep. Oh, by the way, sorry. Um, before we jump to the next story, this just came in on Disclose TV, and I figure because it's the end of the week reports or what have you, it's um, it it's is. best to report it. Um, according to let's see here, Disclose TV, noises linked to mysterious injuries, the Havana syndrome, among U.S. diplomats in Cuba, were most likely caused by crickets, not microwave weapons, according to a declassified scientific review commissioned by the U.S. State Department. Bullshit. You mean, like, you mean like robot crickets, right? Yeah, that's what I, yeah, <laughs> nano, na, nano crickets, because then that's, that's not lying. That's obfuscating. Yeah, 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 lying. right. <laughs> uh, according Anyways. to RT here, uh, North Korea's Kim Jong-un offers to reopen inter-Korean hotlines, tells South to drop the delusions of provocations from Pongyang. Um, I mean, I don't even know if this dude's actually alive, but that's like an entire <laughs> other thing. Um, right. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un said he's willing to restore uh, you know, conversations with them. North Korean state media reported on Thursday that Kim had expressed interest in reviewing the severed telephone channels from October as part of efforts of realizing the expectations. I mean, the real thing is, is it, is it so bad in North Korea that he, he needs to like maybe ask for help? You know what I mean? Like, is it so bad for even the people that aren't on rations? Like what? Right. You know, we, we literally know nothing about North Korea on the ground because it's made impossible to. This is the thing, too. Uh, Yang Yang refused to answer a routine call, and I quote, in August in protest over joint South Korea-U.S. military drills being held with Kim Yo-jong, the sister of uh, Kim Jong-un, accusing Seoul of engaging in, quote, perfidious behavior, end quote. Again, it, 
this fits a number of things. First off, this fits into the narrative of what Warner Von Braun said about, you know, sort of the third world countries, the, the quote unquote crazy countries poking the bear, if you will, meaning, you know, Europe and its allies and the US and all that. It's look, I'm not to be honest with you, folks, I could be wrong. And please tell me if I am, at least at this current moment in time, I'm not concerned about North Korea. Uh, looking at the abilities and apparatuses humans have, let alone if we bring in the ET aspect um, of being able to disarm nukes and what have you. Again, it's uh, presuming these ETs get involved to prevent, you know, catastrophe because it'll affect their world. I mean, if, I mean, they've a, got a hypersonic missile too. We covered that from DARPA the other day. Right. That's, That's what I'm saying. Right. So again, I'm not, when I look at this, I don't, I don't see fear mongering per se, but I also see a, an alarmist perspective being held. Yeah, could, okay, yeah. absolutely. I'm I'm with you on that. Um, yeah. Next uh, from the BBC, a bad bank to clean up India's 27 billion debt mountain. Um, bad bank, you say? What do you mean? Um, 150,000 branches loaded with two two trillion trillion. Yeah. Jesus Christ! American dollars. Depo- yeah, deposits and serving orders. Over a billion customers, India's banks look impressive on paper. In reality, they are a mess. Um, tens of billions of dollars of bad loans after years of injudicious lending to dud prospects. State-owned banks account for 60% of the sour debt. Five banks have been rescued from collapse since 2018. Um, more financial fear-mongering type of thing. I mean, they, they, are, they are full-on trying to... Uh, normalize the idea that a crash on major scale is coming or trying to piss us off bad enough that I don't know, we take back the banks. I don't, I, you know, I don't know what I'm, the game I, is. I mean, if, if we look here, it says the bailouts, more than 35 billion American dollars of taxpayers' money was injected to revive ailing banks between 2005 and 2009 alone. And it says it hasn't helped much. Okay, end quote. Here's the thing. The one thing I'll give to India with respects to being able to uphold certain uh, systems, if you will, whether it's, you know, medical system, banking system, again, it's arguable as to what standard we hold that to with regards to being able to, quote unquote, sustain itself. But the ultimately, in my opinion, I, I could be wrong, but the amount, the population in India, the people are what save the country with respects to the taxes and all that, right? 35 billion in taxes allocated between 2005 and 2009. If you didn't have so many people in India working and paying their taxes, you wouldn't be able to bail out the banks, right? So I mean, to, to explain further, a bad bank, uh, someone that buys bad loans from affected banks at an agreed price, whatever that amount may be, then it liquidates and sells assets that the borrowers have offered. So but it's like, it's like a, a repo bank is right. really what this is uh, that so there i mean you then have to ask how much money like is this a is this a um coup uh, a a working with the the banks that are affected and the the repo bank are they like right. making are they figuring out how to make themselves more money off of it what what is what is their flip what is their game exactly it's it, it's it's hard to say at this point um but yeah, this is interesting. The fact that they loaned to so many bad banks, was there some internal corruption occurring, you know, that caused these loans? They knew they were going to go bad many years ago. And, you know, the, some people at the top within uh, um, India's elite, if you will, took, uh, you know, a, a piece of the pie each and everyone was happy and I mean, they don't these care. These loans are in iron, steel, aviation, mining, roads, power, telecom sectors. These are, okay, well, here's the thing, though. One last thing is that, again, you loan these out to, say, private companies, private contracts, you name it. All it takes is one or two guys as the CEO of a private firm to work on a telecom repair system or a piping thing on the street underneath. 
to just say, look, we're just going to, you know, if both parties are in on it, make it look like you're doing work for many, many years when really you're just pocketing the profits and paying your workers the least you could and then clear the project, you know, no good. And then on the other end, the, the the bank says, oh, no, we can't get the money. Meanwhile, the executives in that bank have been paid off under the table to say yeah. that. So, yeah. I mean, I, I say this because I have many friends in India who say these things go down and happen, not saying that's exactly how it goes, but, you know. Um, the final thing is that Poland has illegally pushed uh, asylum seekers back into Belarus for amnesty. The group says its investigation proves Polish uh, border forces violated rights of dozens of migrants and refugees. Now, here's what's interesting. If we scroll down a little more, in a uh, this is according to Amnesty International. Now, in a digital investigation published on Thursday, the Global Rights Group said that it used satellite imagery to determine that many of the 32-strong group, including a 15-year-old girl and four women, were uh, located in Poland on August 18th, having crossed into the country from Belarus. Now, end quote. Here's the thing. When you look at Belarus... Poland, not so much, but Belarus, I see Putin, Putin's intelligence guys there. I'm not saying this is Putin doing this, but sometimes when guys like Putin and their intelligence teams stay away from things and uh, do not prevent things from happening, it's a move in and of itself. Now, right, I say this because exactly Putin, knowing right. things are going to happen and not stepping in is its own move. Yeah, right. And, and Putin also has too, for those who don't know, a secret intelligence service, if you will, that uh, again, like the CIA, except strictly designated for uh, Turkey, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, uh, you know, Belarus, and, and a handful of, you know, Ukraine, and a handful of other uh, nations there. Because again, it's that sort of fall of the soviet union and he believes that certain nations not all of them but certain ones still remain relative to you know even though they're on paper they're not but in in deep in his heart they're you know still there as a part of russia or the soviet union if you will whether he wants to continue his presence from a covert manner which seems to be his only choice again that's why it leads me to, to putin being at least knowing about this guaranteed he got intelligence reports but again the only people that suffer in this case are the innocents, innocent people just trying to, you know, find a home, make a home. Absolutely. That's right? the problem. That's the thing. This is at the expense of, of the people. It's not saying that this is planned and, and fake. It's, it's that this is planned at disregard for the people actually affected. Right. All this, all of these kinds of things. Yeah. This is, this is, this is disregarding the actual people involved. A hundred percent. It makes you think how fortunate, you know, uh, people like us and people watching and listening to the show are in a lot of ways, right? I mean, you I see know. here five people died in the border area and I quote, including as a result of hypothermia um, end quote. Now, again, here's the thing, not trying to disrespect the, the lives of those that allegedly died, but we also have to understand the institution that is reporting this too, right? So mm -hmm. amnesty, sure. this is again, make of that as you will. It's not for us to, to lean one way or the other or imply one thing or the other. But again, do, doing the research for yourself with respects to Amnesty International, you can see for yourself what, what's going on there. Anything yeah. you wanted to add at the end or no, wrap no. it up? All right, everybody. So like we said, we got lots of content, both public and members coming over the next 42 to 70, 48 to 72 hours. Um, if there is a lot of news that occurs over the next couple of days, we will do a Sunday morning or Sunday midday recap. But other than that, we will see all of you very, very soon. And thank you so much, everybody for tuning in. Cheers.